You guys, welcome to Crossroads. My name is Tom, and I'm one of the pastors here. Really glad you could join us this morning. We've spent the entire summer uh, thinking, talking about this idea of this is church, and everything from church leadership to whose church is it to what we do in church. And uh, over the course of the month of August, we've been looking at different practices. We looked at baptism. We looked at communion. We looked at confession. And this morning, we're going we're gonna to finish up our summer series on This Is Church, talking about one more piece. So I'm going to say a couple words, and I want you to make note of in your head what, what comes to mind immediately, okay? Subversive, radical, countercultural, rebellious. So there was a time not too long ago when the images that popped in your head might have been tattoos or a piercing or people speaking out against the government um, or rap music or heavy metal music, whichever side of the argument you're on on that side. Um, but for a variety of reasons, those things are now more or less commonplace. We don't really think of them as radical or rebellious. If you want to be rebellious now, I have an idea for you. Try slowing down. Right? Try intentionally taking some time regularly to just stop and rest and be and spend some time with God. I guarantee you, you will get raised eyebrows. You will get, hmm, must be nice. Or how do I get a job like that? Right? That's the way we respond to the, this idea of rest in our Fairfield County culture that goes 1,000 miles an hour. Adults go 1,000 miles an hour. Kids go 1,000 miles an hour. Our pets go 1,000 miles an hour. But there is this idea in the Bible of regular and intentional rest with God, and it's called Sabbath. Can we put that first slide up there, Bruce? Regular and intentional rest in and with God is not only a gift to us, but it also displays our trust in him. That's our big idea for this morning. That's what we're going to talk about, we're going to focus on for the next little bit. And we're going to do that through looking at the scripture. We're going to do that through some time of, of silence and just being still. We're going to do that through celebrating communion together, and the band is going to lead us in some more music. So that's kind of the way the rest of the morning is going to flow. This idea of Sabbath rest goes all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. It goes back into Genesis, but it kind of gets... Um, codified in the Ten Commandments with the other big ones. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal. And yes, rest, take a day off, is in the Ten Commandments. Can we look at that uh, Exodus 20? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Right, so there's, there's the command, the direction to the people of Israel. And we see another kind of reiteration of the Ten Commandments later on in the book of Deuteronomy. I'm just going to read one verse from that that further... 
uh, extrapolates, makes this idea a little bit broader. Can we put that up, Deuteronomy 5? Uh, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. That's Deuteronomy 5.15. Reminding the Israelite people that I saved you. I got you. You can rest. Relax. Last one is from the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet, um, and he didn't have a lot of good news for, for God's people. But this is, he was kind of in the midst of telling them um, some things that God was displeased with. If we could put that Ezekiel verse up there. You have despised my holy things and desecrated my Sabbath. So real quick summary of just those three verses and kind of the, the Old Testament feel for Sabbath rest. God, immortal, perfect, uncreated being, right? Worked for six days and then he rest, rested. He didn't need to rest. When you're perfect, you don't need, you don't need to rest. Completely self-sustaining. But he was setting a pattern for us, a rule of life to follow. God in creation. And what he says about this day is it's a day to be, it should be a holy day. We should keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, yes, all the time, but especially on this day that we call Sabbath, rest. The word Sabbath actually means cease. So we're to cease working. And in the Old Testament, there were all kinds of, they got a little crazy about the things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. It went so far as like they measured out how far you could walk on the Sabbath. You couldn't ride your donkey, but you could walk, but you could only walk. It was roughly 800 meters, about half a mile. If it was further than that, you couldn't do it on a Sabbath. And that, that was the kind of detail that they were, that they were into when they were looking, looking at that. And it was to be a day of rest. So not only to stop working, but to do things that recreate yourself. Right? Recreation, recreate. Things that bring you life. Whether that's spending time with family or meals or however. Um, in, the, in the Old Testament time, there were specific kind of structures and and guides. So God implements this system of rhythm to life with one day a week, and then there's an additional seven days throughout the year on the, the Jewish calendar. And each of those seven days were also considered Sabbath. So you weren't supposed to work. You were supposed to rest. You were supposed to stop. You were supposed to remember God on those days. And the book of Ezekiel that verse we read, you despise my holy things and you've desecrated my Sabbaths. There were consequ- like really harsh consequences for not resting. Right? Think about that. Think about that today. Like you're not resting enough. You're in trouble. And that was that was the Old Testament. So <clears throat> Jesus comes and he fulfills every law of the Old Testament. Every single law. He doesn't miss a dotted I across T. And then there are entire books of the New Testament that were written to the people who were just becoming Christians. This whole thing of Christianity was brand new. And there was this controversy discussion over whether people had to follow all the laws of Judaism before they could become a Christ follower. And the, the books say no, the, like the book of Galatians. You do not have to follow all of those rules before you can become a Christian. 
And then, so we look at, we look at Jesus himself, right? We have Jesus fulfilling all of those laws. So what are we to do with this idea of Sabbath rest that's commanded along with other things like do not murder and do not steal? So Jesus recognized the Sabbath. If we could put up, I think it's the, uh, Mark chapter 2. So this is a story, Jesus and his disciples on a Sabbath day, and he gets questioned, as he often did by the religious leaders of the day. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So Jesus kind of pushes pause on everything and said, you guys got a little crazy with all your rules and regulations around the Sabbath, and you've turned it into a checklist. And that's not what it was intended for. The Sabbath was intended for you, for your good, for your benefit. It is a gift to you. It's not meant to make you crazy and be worried about getting in all kinds of trouble for not abiding in it. Um, and then we, ha- we see, uh, can we look at that verse in um, Luke? It's Luke chapter 5. One verse. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Right? So Jesus takes this idea of rest outside of one day a week, and it becomes often. And as you look at the stories of Jesus' life in the Gospels, very frequently, those times were associated with either before he had intense periods of ministry, healing and praying and preaching and, and meeting lots of people, or after. Before his three years of public ministry started, he spent 40 days alone, fasting with God in, it says, lonely places, desolate places. The word in the original is eremos. Right? It means a specific out-of-the-way place and by yourself, a lonely place. Um, and Jesus taught the same thing to his disciples right before he would send them out or after they did a lot of work for his kingdom. He's like, come on, we need to get away. We need to go spend some time. We need to pray. We need to rest. And he would ask them about how things went, and they would talk, and they would eat, and they would pray. So Jesus takes the idea of Sabbath rest, and because he lived a perfect life, sinless, not a, not a blemish on him, he fulfilled every bit of the law around everything, and yes, Sabbath rest. So he fulfills the letter of the law. And then, when he steps onto the scene, the spirit of the law that he calls us to is an even greater participation in this idea of rest. It's not just one day because you have to. It's a gift to you, and it's a way that you can show your trust in God. Old Testament, New Testament. Science also tells us that rest is a good thing. I found an article in the Harvard Business Review. Bruce, can we put that up? I might have trouble reading that at this distance. We'll do it this way. Considerable, considerable evidence shows that overwork is not just neutral, it hurts us. 
Overwork and the resulting stress can lead to all sorts of health problems, including impaired sleep, depression, heavy drinking, diabetes, impaired memory, and heart disease. Of course, those are bad on their own, but they're also terrible for a company's bottom line, showing up as absenteeism, turnover, and rising health insurance costs. In sum, the story of overwork is literally a story of diminishing returns. Keep overworking and you'll progressively work more stupidly on tasks that are increasingly meaningless. That's the Harvard Business Review, folks. There's, you know, there's, um, it's not a Christian environment. They're looking at the bottom line. They're looking at science. They're looking at cold, hard facts. Old Testament command, New Testament, Jesus' example and teaching, the practicality of life. It is not good to go a thousand miles an hour. So why? Why then do we not, do I not, you guys, this, this message is for me, uh, like maybe most of all. I am type A driven, go a thousand miles an hour. If I could find another gear, I would try to go that fast, but that's it, that's all I got. Um, and it's just, it's, it's difficult to do, right? Um, this idea of, of Sabbath, of rest, it, it boggles us, right? The why, we talked a little bit about the why, but the, there's some of the how, and getting ourselves to actually do this. So Gail and I, and this is, uh, this is not meant to be braggadocious or whatever, but I, there's never been a time in our married life when we haven't at least tithed to our, to our church. Right? I never thought twice about, about giving. The day, you know, within days of my children being born, we dedicated them to Jesus. I never thought twice about dedicating my children, trusting my children to God. This idea of Sabbath was introduced to me maybe, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago. Um, you would think I had read the Bible front to back before that. It would have dawned on me before that, but it really impressed on me 10 or 12 years ago. It's something that I've always struggled with. And I think for a lot of us, this, the struggle could, we could kind of break down into, um, into a couple of different things, right? It, it's a matter of, of, trusting, of trusting God. The biblical commands to be generous ask, do you trust God with your money? The biblical teachings around rest ask the question, do you trust God with your time? And for some of us, I had a conversation, and this was true of me too, as, and as a younger man, um, I had a conversation with a young man very recently who said he doesn't like to spend time by himself because his own thoughts are just too sad and it's too painful to do. Um, another reason why we don't slow down is well, if I stop working, like who's going to provide for me, for my family? Like if I'm not working, I'm not making money. If I'm not working, my boss is looking at me like raising an eyebrow. If I'm not, you know, working 12, 14-hour days, somebody's going to say, well, he's not pulling his weight. She's not pulling his weight. 
So that might be another reason we don't trust God with our time. Um, another, another factor in my story is what will people think? Right? If, if you are not stressed out, working as hard as you can, as fast as you can, all the time, what are, what are people going to think? Oh, he must be some kind of slacker. And I was definitely guilty of that. I was really concerned that people were going to think I was not earning my keep. And it kept me from following Jesus. Um, there was another one on my list that is just escaping me right now. But, um, guys, we got, we got to know, right? Jesus lived this life as one of us, clothed in human flesh in all its frailty. And for the young man that was too afraid to spend time alone because his thoughts were too sad and too hard, Jesus has got you. Every one of those sad and hard thoughts Jesus has had and he beat and they didn't get the better of him. And he will meet you in the midst of that, no matter how hard or how painful that is. He'll meet you in the midst of it. <clears throat> how about provision, right? Can I trust God to provide if I slow down and I don't work all day, every day? Jesus is the creator and owner of everything. Even our ability to generate wealth, the Bible tells us, is a gift from God. God can do more with 90% of my money in my life, for my life, for my family, than I ever could with 100%. And that is true. If you ask people who participate in giving, who live generous lives, they will tell you that that is absolutely true. Um, what, will, what will people think? So... People are fickle, to say the least, right? People do and say unwise things. Jesus is rock steady and all-knowing. It's very difficult because we're surrounded by people every day and we hear them yap at us every day. But that's why it's even more important that we get time alone with Jesus. Rock steady, all-knowing, unfickle, loving Jesus. And we can hear him speak to us through his word and through prayer and through other people. That's what matters, what Jesus thinks of us. I remembered what the last one was. Um, as, a, as a youth pastor... I realized I had to develop the skill of translation. There were words that I didn't, that students used that I didn't, it doesn't make sense. Why are you using that word there? One of those words was annoying. <laughs> He's annoying. That's annoying. But what annoying really means is that's somehow going to make me uncomfortable. Whether it's, you know, whatever part of spending time alone with God. For me, it was my thoughts, it was what people would think. 
That idea can be uncomfortable. And so much of what we live for today is to avoid being uncomfortable. So much of what Jesus calls us to is uncomfortable. But here's the thing. If we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, he will develop in us the skill, the ability to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And it will become a gift. The idea of Sabbath rest is a gift to us. And it, display, it can display our trust in Jesus. So um, we're going to run a video here in a little bit. And the video is going to start with some silence. And there's going to be some verses and just some images. The verses are about rest and slowing down. And the images are just meant to be kind of peaceful. There's some music that will come in in the background. And I just I want you guys, you know, we created this space. It's a little mini nugget of space and time for you to rest. And for you to, maybe you need to wrestle with why it is you don't rest or you can't rest. Is it because you don't trust Jesus with your time? What, what is that really all about? So there are some folks in the back of the room. If, if the Holy Spirit like puts something on you and presses something on you, head to the back of the room and ask for some prayer. Pray with those folks. They would love, that's why they're there. They would love to do that. You can just sit and relax, watch the video, listen to the music. Just enjoy this time of, of quiet and of stillness. it's just about impossible to do anything but worship with your hands wide open. You just can't work. <laughs> so Jesus can be trusted, right? We can trust him to work in and through us if we would just stop, if we would cease and rest. So go ahead, go ahead and, and take a seat. Um, I am so thankful for, for these guys up here and for their gifts and the way they use them to, um, to lead us. It's just such, a, such an awesome space that, that God worked in this morning. But I want you to be able to do that on your own, right? We need to be able to leave here and to experience rest and, and Sabbath. So the ushers are going to come forward and they're going to hand you one of these little business card things. Sometimes you get a card like this at the dentist to make an appointment. Um, and I want you guys to actually create some space for yourselves during the week. If you need a pen, the ushers will give you a pen. But on the back of the card, there are two blanks, when and where. Right? Actually make a time, make a commitment now with other people around you. Show it to somebody if you want. So like there's got some teeth to it. Pick a time, pick a place. I have the same spot at my kitchen table. I have the same routine with a cup of coffee. My, I use the Bible on my phone. And I get up early in the morning. Whatever time works for you. Your season of life is going to dictate some of this, right? If you got little kids bombing around, you're going to have to fight for this space. And have other people help you create this space. 
If your kids are older, it might be easier to do. Pick a time and pick a place. And then there are three things that I want you to remember that are on that card. Your rest is supposed to be holy. You're supposed to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We're supposed to cease. Shut off your work email. Right? Just stop. Whatever there is that distracts you, just stop and rest. Do things that recreate you. Take a nap. Open up your Bible. Spend some extra time in the Bible. Pray. For me, and some people think I'm nuts, but I, I give myself extra time in the gym when I'm resting. That's restful to me. And then I'll go to Royal Bakery and I'll get a Danish. That recreates me. You need to figure out what it is that recreates you and be intentional about doing those things. We're coming up, we're, we just started today, it's the very first day of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Prayer that God would move in and through crossroads like never before. And one of the things that I would love for you to do is you would take five extra minutes. If you already have dedicated time that you spend with God, carve out an additional five extra minutes to just sit and listen and be still. Because as you give things up and you make space in your schedule, in your mind, God will fill that space and he'll meet you in that and you will see him move like never before. So please take these cards seriously. Fill them out. Make the appointment with you and with God and keep it.